Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the SEC Morning Report. I am Blaine Gilmer. This is Southeastern 14. Happy Halloween. I uh, hope you get to go out with the, the kiddos and do all that kind of stuff and do some do some trick-or-treating. Uh, you know, if that's not your thing, then just turn those lights out, right? If the lights are out, people won't come up to the door. Uh, or you can just do the old deal where you sit the bowl of candy out there and let them have a free-for-all, first come, first serve, whatever you want to do. Hope you have a safe and happy Halloween out there. But, guys, it is all about who's going to get the trick or the treat this weekend in SEC Week 10 of football action here. We have a lot of big games coming up. Of course, Alabama and LSU. Uh, We have Georgia and Missouri, several others that we're going to talk about here. But, guys, first, we wanted to make sure that you know we have now got a partnership with Bet Online and Believe, guys, and you need to check out Bet Online for not just guys if you're gonna make a make a wager, okay, but also if you need to do your research and anything like that, get the latest trends, the latest odds, prop bets, whatever it is, go to Bet Online, guys. The NBA season is now up and going. It's the last major uh, sports league to get going. You still got Major League Baseball as well, um, but. You can get all of your NBA betting action over there at Bet Online. Uh, finish up betting on the World Series if you want to. NFL and college football are in full swing. The NHL, that's a season that never ends, guys. The NHL, it's like NASCAR. I don't know when it starts and when it ends, but hey, you can bet on it over at Bet Online. It's your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime head to bet online today uh, and get in on the action guys but that's not just it it's not just go there and bet don't forget you can use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit so you're going to be halfway to a profit already there guys and then bet online where the game starts so thank you for Tuning in, uh, make sure to like, subscribe, turn on notifications. And let's get right into it, guys. We're going to go ahead and dive in to some of these matchups. But one matchup that I'd like to hit first and, and foremost here is the Florida Gators hosting the Arkansas Razorbacks. So the Gators are are the home team here. They're going to go uh, back to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium after losing to Georgia in Jacksonville and take on a Arkansas team that is in a, a state of flux offensively, but defensively uh, with Travis Williams as the D.C., they've played quite well this year. So let's take a look at these numbers. You can see Florida averaging 28 points a game. That's good for ninth in the SEC. These rankings are all SEC rankings that you see here, guys. Uh, whereas Arkansas, 22.9 points per game, seventh in the SEC. Now, guys, just so you know, that 22.9 point game is such a big improvement for Arkansas. They were giving up over 30 points a game last year at the end of the year. That was 101st in the country. They're inside the top 50 now in scoring defense. So Travis Williams has done a really good job. Florida, they'll give up some sacks now. 23 sacks allowed on the year. That's 11th in the SEC. Uh, and Landon Jackson and company over there on that side for Arkansas, they can get after the passer. They're in the top half of the SEC with 22 sacks on the year. Florida has been abysmal on third down, 12th in the league, and converting third downs at 33.7%. 
and Arkansas is right there in the middle, uh, 35.92% allowed on third down rates. Here you can see strength on strength when it comes to red zone touchdown percentage. So when they get down in the red zone, who's converting to touchdowns? Uh, Florida does it at the second highest rate of anybody. You can guess who the first one is. If it's an offensive category, it's probably LSU. So Florida is second behind LSU in that metric in terms of getting into the red zone and converting on those red zone opportunities. Uh, guys, that's just so big. When you're able to turn it into seven points um, and not – when you're turning it turn into seven points and not have to settle for field goals, um, that really helps you out. Now, unfortunately for Florida, they weren't able to get into the red zone enough uh, to be able to, to make up that difference against Georgia. But there's been times this year where that has been definitely uh, a weapon for the Florida Gators here. Let's look at uh, how many times they've been in the red zone on the year. So red zone opportunities, Florida's had 33 of them this year, and they've scored touchdowns on 23 of those attempts. So like I said, putting it in the end zone, getting six instead of three a lot of the time there. And then defensively, you've got uh, Arkansas that's doing quite well holding people out of the uh, holding people out of the end zone on their defensive, their defensive red zone touchdown rate, 46.15%. So strength on strength there. And then you're talking about explosive plays. Both these teams not very good in either preventing them or getting them. Uh, Florida is only, only has 39 on the year. That's 10th in the SEC. And Arkansas is allowed 36, which is ninth. Okay, nothing great. Uh, just about average in the league. Then you go to the big question of the week. Okay, what is this Arkansas offense going to look like? Kenny Guyton now calling plays for K.J. Jefferson. Uh, Sam Pittman continued to say, okay, we got to trim down the volume of the amount of plays that we have. Uh, you know, play a little bit faster so you're not thinking about too many things, stuff like that. So you can look here, uh, not, not great numbers here for Arkansas, and that's one reason that Dan Enos uh, is no longer – the offensive coordinator of this team, Sam Pittman, didn't believe in the protection stuff that he was doing a lot of times. Uh, said he would move the pocket, didn't end up moving the pocket in games. I think ultimately that comes back on Sam Pittman because you're the head coach. You tell the OC, I want you to move the pocket now. If you don't, then it's done. Maybe that is why he got fired. Who knows? But they've allowed 31 sacks on the year. The only two teams worse than Arkansas in that category are South Carolina and Alabama. Third down percentage. Not very good, just right there, middle of the league at 40%. Um, actually, it's been on fourth down, uh, fourth and short a couple of times where Arkansas has had their more memorable uh, failures this year. So that's been that's been an issue for them. Uh, they are pretty good in red zone, red zone touchdown percentage. When they get down the red zone, they got that big body of K.J. Jefferson. Um, they, they can convert it into touchdowns more likely uh, more often than not at 66.7%. Explosive plays, though. Dead last for Arkansas in the SEC, only 27. That is uh, last by a wide margin over a lot. For reference, LSU has 67 of those on the year. So uh, definitely not much ex explosivity there for Arkansas offensively. Defensively, Gators are kind of middle in the pack in, in a couple of metrics and then way down there in some others. They do not get pressure. So this is a this is a welcome game here for Arkansas that's had trouble protecting K.J. Jefferson. Florida is dead last in the conference, only 11 sacks on the year. 
um, that so they they've got to find ways. Austin Armstrong's got to find ways to get pressure while. Uh, Kenny Guyton, Sam Pittman, and company are going to be trying to prevent that pressure in this game down at the Swamp. 22.9 points per game is just right there in the middle of uh, points allowed for Florida. Third down, they've been really, really good getting off the field on third down, only allowing teams to convert 31.87% of the time. Uh, they they struggle allowing teams to score in the red zone against them um, at, t- at 12th in the league. And then explosive plays, they've allowed 32 on the year. So, guys, I think you can, I think you can see when it comes to Florida and Arkansas, um, not a huge numbers advantage either way. Uh, maybe some of the third down metrics might favor, uh, might favor the defenses here a little bit. So you could see a, a lower scoring game if you're unable to to sustain drives. Okay, and and uh, maybe quite a few punts in this game. Um, but the thing about it is Arkansas plays very, very aggressively defensively under Travis Williams. This is all going to be with the numbers are fine. Listen, it's, it's a not, not that big of a difference of matchup there in terms of the, the numbers, but this is going to be okay. How do those bear out now with Kenny Guyton as the offensive coordinator? Is there more excitement coming off a of bye week for Arkansas offensively? What do they do differently? Um, and you know, how are they going to be able to handle the the road environment? I think Florida has a little bit more talent in the in, in terms of the perimeter, not only offensively but defensively as well. So the matchups there between some of those Arkansas receivers, uh, the DBs for Florida, and then also the the Florida receivers versus the Arkansas uh, defensive backs. That'll be one interesting to see. I think Arkansas will do a good job of limiting Florida's run game, even though Florida does run it better at home. Uh, but interesting numbers on the week. If you want to see full predictions and previews, guys, those are out on the channel now. So hit that up. But I think Arkansas fans should be excited about seeing what this team comes out like uh, on the road with a new offensive coordinator. And uh, and if you're Florida, you got to be able to bounce back and not let Georgia beat you twice. Okay, so now let's get to speaking of Georgia, a huge game here between the Missouri Tigers and the Georgia Bulldogs. This is for first place in the SEC East. Uh, these teams control their destiny to get to Atlanta, and it, this game couldn't be bigger. Uh, it's in Athens. It's going to be a uh, 3.30 CBS game, uh, 2.30 Central. So when you're coming down to it, guys, this is – for all the marbles kind of in the East uh, as of right now, uh, if Georgia were to lose this game, then it gets a little bit, a little bit hairy there because Tennessee could be involved, but this is all right. Who's going to be in the driver's seat going forward. You see a good offense there of Missouri, Luther burden, Theo Weiss, Brady cook, all those guys, Cody Schrader, they're averaging 33.9 points a game. That's good for fourth in the conference. Georgia, of course, first in the conference, 14.8 points per game. Had a really good performance against Florida. After that first drive, they really shut them down for most of the game. Georgia got four sacks in that game to raise up their sack total to 16. Georgia doesn't get a whole lot of sacks. They're more of like a boa constrictor type offense. Of They're just going to reduce the amount of space that you have to operate in. And, and rally to the ball to, uh, you know, you know, give you certain things short and then try to rally to the ball with their speed and prevent you from uh, put you in situations where you have long third downs to try to convert um, and then sacks for 
Missouri, they've, they've only allowed 13, so they've protected Brady Cook quite well. Their offensive line has this year only allowed 13 on the year. Third down, Georgia has a clear uh, advantage here. Missouri not converting third downs at the rate that they would like to. Now, also, Eli Drinkowitz doesn't mind going for it on fourth down either, so he'll play the analytics game. So, so a lot of times that's because maybe he feels like he's got two downs to work with, but only they would like to see that much closer to 50% third down-wise. Georgia has been elite getting teams off the field on third down, only allowing teams 25% conversion rate defensively. And, guys, that is first in the SEC. Then you talk about red zone touchdown percentage. Georgia doesn't allow people into their red zone often. Okay, I think there's only been 17 trips on the year inside of Georgia's red zone. But when people do get down there, they score on on Georgia a good bit. Uh, Georgia is worst in the SEC in terms of the defensive uh, defensive red zone touchdown percentage. 17 trips to the red zone, 13 touchdowns. So they've only once teams have gotten in the red zone, they've only stopped it and, and turned it into a field goal twice. So when it comes down to it, um, they've, they've had two stops and then they've had forced two field goals. When it comes down to it, if Missouri does get into the red zone, this could be a big deal in this game because Missouri is very good at turning red zone trips into touchdowns. You can see here they convert uh, for touchdowns 68.5% of the time when they get into an opponent's red zone. And a lot of times that'll have to do with because they can be so versatile with where they put Luther Burden. Uh, of course, they've got some tight ends that can make some plays as well. Cody Schrader does a good job running the football, even even down there in the red zone. And that is a that is a deal that is important when that field gets constricted. You got to be able to run the football a little bit. And Cody Schrader's been tough and he's been able to do that. 24 touchdowns out of their 35 red zone attempts this year. So that's a little matchup inside the matchup to look at between Georgia and Missouri. Explosive plays. Missouri get, uh, gets a quite a few of them with 45. That's fourth in the conference. Georgia does not allow them. 21 explosive plays allowed this year. That is first in the SEC. So that is the Tigers offense versus the Bulldogs defense. When you talk about the Tigers defense versus Georgia's offense, um, the Tigers will give up some points now. 20, 23.3 points per game. There's been some some LSU, the LSU game, the Kansas State game, they've let their point totals get up there a little bit on, on, a, on a few games here. So they're ninth in the conference in terms of points allowed. Georgia second only behind LSU, averaging 40.5 points per game. Georgia protects Carson Beck better than anybody uh, basically in the country, only allowing six sacks this year. That's first in the conference. Uh, the Tigers – uh, Missouri can get after you a little bit, 24 sacks on the year. That's fifth in the league. Third down, Georgia has a clear advantage here on third down. Missouri has not been uh, elite. They've been just okay on third down defensively, allowing teams to convert over 37% of the time. Georgia, 56.31. That's only behind the ridiculous 57% that LSU is putting up, and we kind of saw how that played out. In Columbia, that LSU offense versus Missouri's defense after LSU got going there. Um, red zone touchdown percentage, Georgia not elite in this category. Either the red zone offensively and defensively has been an issue. Um, and then, you know, Missouri just kind of in the middle of the pack there 
in that metric. Missouri allows a lot of explosive plays. Um, 38 explosive plays allowed this year. And then Georgia, they have the third most only behind LSU and Ole Miss in explosive plays. So this is a matchup that you got to look at because Missouri, uh, I think everybody thought that the defense was kind of going to be the calling card of this team this year. They had so many returning starters, so many seniors on that team, and it's been uh, kind of up and down. There's been there's been some peaks. They haven't played bad defense by any means uh, over there at Missouri, but I don't think they've played as to an elite level that they expected they would. They're going to come in with this one rested, a lot of energy. They're going to try to get after Carson Beck. Nobody's been able to really – do that because of Georgia's pass protection has been so well. You got you got Sanford Stadium. How is all that going to uh, play into this game? Um, third down and red zone. Those are the metrics there. Georgia's got the clear advantage on third down. Missouri has the the advantage in the red zone. The question is, um, how often is Missouri going to be able to to get down there? Uh, against Georgia, they are able to produce a lot of explosive plays, but Georgia, you know, holds down those explosive plays. Um, and we've seen Georgia in these big matchups. Can they get to the to the quarterback? They they tend to bring more pressures in some of these type of situations. Uh, Tennessee last year, Florida this year. Will they will they dial up some things to try to get to Brady Cook a little bit? Although he is a weapon with his legs for Missouri. Now, guys, before we get to LSU and uh, Alabama, I did want to. Talk just to, we're not going to go inside the numbers of Ole Miss and Texas A&M, but I did want to talk about Lane Kiffin. And uh, Lane Kiffin continues to to do some trolling, okay? And uh, he's, listen, he's a character one way or another, if you like him. But this was a question that Lane Kiffin was asked about his team. Nothing to do with Texas A&M. He was asked, hey, what's what does it mean to you that your team now for the third straight year has been ranked in the AP top, top 10? Uh, and it was a creative answer to say the least for Lane Kiffin. So watch this right here as we hear those comments from Lane Kiffin. Well, I think that's kind of neat to, I guess three straight years to be in the top 10, but it doesn't matter to me except for what do you finish. So it's good that it brings attention to the program and um, to be able to do that, um, especially as you're going against a program that normally you would think would be the team in the top 10 three years in a row with their roster. Um, you know, it says a lot about our players, our coaches, our fans, but though what really matters is where do you finish at the end of the year? Um, you know, so that's our goal, um, you know, to keep getting better, keep winning games. Um, you know, we try to, you know, achieve our goals and not let others achieve their goals. I think um, I read where Jimbo said their goal is to be bowl eligible so we can get in the way of that, that would be good um, for us too. Just elite levels of trolling there from Lane Kiffin, guys. I mean, he's not only talking about, okay, uh, yeah, that means a lot. There's a lot of excitement to our program, draws a lot of attention, but then he has to go into, especially when you're playing a team that you would think would be in the top 10 three years in a row because their roster. So saying, hey, Lane, uh, Jimbo Fisher has brought in all these elite players and still is not producing the same results as I am here at Ole Miss, basically, is what Lane's saying. Um, and then he then he has that final dig there at the end. Uh, we try to obtain our goals and prevent others from obtaining theirs. 
And he, he said, I think I read somewhere that Jimbo said their goal was to be bowl eligible. So we're just going to, we're going to try to subvert that. So just elite levels of trolling from Lane Kiffin um, saying, Hey, Texas A&M's got all this talent and they're just, their goal is just to be bowl eligible while we're contending for SEC West championship over here at Ole Miss. So uh, Lane is no, He's not going to be shy about digging in uh, towards towards Jimbo and A&M at all when it comes down to things. So that is fun stuff right there, in my opinion. Now let's get to this matchup between LSU and Alabama. Uh, the numbers here are quite intriguing. When you look at LSU, they have been just god-awful on defense. I mean, look at all these SEC rankings 12th, 13th, 12th, 13th, 12th when it comes to points per game, 26.5 points per game. Guys, that's allowing a lot of points, especially when you factor in some some cupcake games and stuff like that. It's allowing a lot of points. Um, you know, they 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 do not get after the quarterback. They're only the the Florida is the only team worse than them at getting sacks. Uh, although Alabama does give up a lot of sacks. So you're gonna see a defense that has a problem sacking the quarterback and an offense has a problem protecting the quarterback i would venture to say that you're going to see harold perkins probably lined up over caden proctor quite a bit i would if if they don't it's going to be malpractice by brian kelly um and see what happens there third downs alabama pretty good used to not elite uh the the conference as a whole there's only a couple teams that i would consider elite on third down that's lsu and georgia offensively alabama's okay 43.4%. Uh, Jalen Milrose's legs help out their percentage sometimes. They haven't been great throwing the ball on third down this year, and they will have a, a spell at different times of going three and out and things of that nature. LSU is awful at getting off the field. 42.16% of the time, they just can't get their defense off the field uh, in a timely manner and give up a lot of explosive plays. You can see 39% 39 explosive plays on, on the year. That's 12th in the SEC. Florida has become a shot offense. They kind of they they struggle to to consistently extend drives on third down, like I said, but they will hit some big plays, and they've hit a lot more of them since Jalen Milrow became the guy after that USF game. Uh, Jermaine Burton and him have a big-time connection. LSU struggles in the secondary, whether they're playing zone, man, whatever. They get lost in zone. They get beaten, man. So it is going to be an interesting game to see uh, what Alabama can do with some of those big plays with uh, Jermaine Burton, uh, Isaiah Bond, some of those guys over there down the field. Now let's talk a little bit about LSU's offense, where, as we said, hey, you looked at all those defensive numbers and they were way in the bottom. Well, now look at the offensive numbers. First, six, first, first, first. Guys, they're elite on third down. You can't stop them. They got all these weapons over there with Kyron Lacey, with Malik Neighbors, with Brian Thomas, with Mason Taylor, uh, Logan Diggs running the football well. Of course, Jaden Daniels can use his legs. There's just so many ways for them to convert. It's it's difficult, and they carry that right on into the red zone. Again, 69.77% touchdown rate in, in the red zone there. So they're getting six points a lot when they get down there, not just not just having to settle for field goals. Explosive plays way more than everybody else, 67 on the year. So, guys, that is uh, a, just a – you can't say enough about the job that they've been able to do offensively. Over there, LSU, 
you know, is going to face a defense though that is probably the best that they've that, that they've played this year. Uh, right up there, athletic athleticism wise with with Florida State, Alabama probably even what probably more athletic. Um, and is playing even better defense, and we know how that that turned out for LSU earlier this year. So we'll see how this uh, turns out in Tuscaloosa. But points per game, Alabama's only sitting behind Georgia in the conference at 16.5. They do get a lot of pressure. DJ Turner, Chris Braswell, um, you know, off those off those edges. Also, they've got guys in the middle, whether it's Tresman Marshall, Deontay Lawson. Uh, Jihad Campbell that can be used to to stun on the quarterback as well. They can bring Malachi Moore on blitzes from from a star position. So they've got different ways to get after the quarterback sack wise. Third down, they're right in the middle of the pack, uh, allowing teams to convert thirty four point four three percent of the time. Nothing nothing tremendous there, but nothing nothing terrible either. Uh, they're going to have to be somewhat close to that, much closer than they are LSU's 57%, almost 58%. If, if they don't hold LSU under 50% on third down, it's going to be a long day for Alabama in, in even in their home stadium. So third down will be crucial. And then red zone touchdown percentage, Alabama, uh, they listen, while LSU is elite at, at scoring touchdowns, Alabama's elite at holding people out 43. Four eight percent. That's a really good mark to be holding people to to fill goals more than the majority of the time. Once they get into your red zone and the explosive plays, they've limited teams' explosiveness, and they're going to have to do so against LSU to have a chance. Um, guys, it is always a it is always a big time battle there between. LSU and Alabama, just so many classic games over the year. Of course, this is going to have a little extra, extra, uh, extra to it there. Of course, we already saw one of these revenge matchups for Alabama earlier this year. They lost last year at Knoxville, and then Tennessee came in this year, and Alabama was able to thwart their uh, their effort to try to make it back to back on Alabama. Not not many teams have won back-to-back games against Nick Saban in terms of two years in a row uh, during his run there, and they're going to try to prevent LSU from doing the same. The crowd noise at Bryant-Denny will have to make an impact on uh, against this LSU offense because, guys, you need every advantage you can get because they're playing just at an elite level. But Alabama's defense, like I said, I don't know if I'd put it into the into the category of one of the best that Nick Saban has ever had because he's had so many great ones, but they are uh, – I would say for this year of college football compared to this year, not to the standard of the past, this is a elite defense. So you're taking, uh, you know, the, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. And that is always fun to watch guys. Uh, we will have more coverage of sec football this week. So make sure you're, you're tuning into the morning report every morning, Every weekday morning, 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Uh, of course, Friday, it converts over to Jake's Takes with Jake Crane of Crane & Company from the Daily Wire. Also, we've got Brian Edwards that does a lot of, of, of our betting analysis and things like that. It's going to be on here. we got our daily show with Chris Lee and Gavin Schoenwald every day at 12 Eastern, 11 Central that you want to check out. So subscribe 
Uh, it's absolutely free. Hit that like button right now. Go ahead and if you're watching it, hit that like button right now. It helps out our analytics if you think we've earned that like. And then also, uh, you know, turn on notifications so you know when we go live on Saturday nights, we have live reactions, which are always fun to react to these games. And we'll be reacting to these that we just covered here. And remember, we are presented by Bet Online. You can get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code believe that is b-l-e-a-v so guys thank you so much for tuning in i am blaine gilmer and this has been your home of daily sec coverage southeastern 14 thank you for tuning in to the morning report and we will catch you guys tomorrow to talk more sec football 